with me, Rob. It's the 90 Plus Extra Time Podcast. And again, we have another week with no football. Um, I've been, you know, filling my time watching, you know, football, soccer documentaries and ESPN 30 for 30s and um, playing FIFA 20, you know. Uh, But again, we still don't have any football. Again, most of us are still stuck in our houses, you know, just riding out the time, begging for, you know, going back to, to normalcy. Hopefully it'll happen soon. Um, I know I'm starting to, I don't want to say I'm starting to get cabin fever. I'm starting to go feel a little weird. Um, I've been, you know, going out running and getting my food and, you know, whatever, doing a little bit of shopping here and there. Uh, but last week I actually hurt my calf. So my running is not going to happen for probably, I think I'll rest for two weeks uh, while I let that recover. So now I'm just going outside whenever I need to go, you know, buy like the essentials. And then every day when I go out to get some food, um, and it's driving me, I don't want to say a little crazy, but it does suck. Like I've been sitting in this room all day today. The only time I walked out of this room was to go and get something out of the refrigerator for breakfast this morning. Um, I've been eating the same thing for breakfast for, I don't know, weeks now? Probably months, actually, since I've been here. I'm not, like, too big of a breakfast person when I'm by myself. Um, so I've been eating, like, fruit cups and P3s and Yoohoo <laughs> or chocolate milk. Uh, that's basically been my breakfast for, I don't know, the last, you know, two months and some change. Uh, and it's even worse now, you know, now that I'm not really leaving the house. Um... Now, here in San Antonio, I'm sure they're doing it in a lot of other places, too. You have to wear a face mask if you're going to be any place where you can't maintain the social distancing. And if you get caught without one, it's a $1,000 fine, which is a lot of money. Um, I don't even know like what else to say to that. I don't know how if they're going to really um, enforce that, but you know we'll see. I mean, it's better to be safe than sorry. And, uh, you know, I don't want to, I have, I have masks, I have access to masks, you know, whether they're surgical cloth, whatever, I have all that. Uh, but I'm sure there are a lot of people that probably don't. And, you know, in a big city, it might be a little bit difficult to, to do that, especially if they're going to start opening up stuff, which the way that it's looking, Texas is trying to be the first state to, you know, go back to a semblance of normalcy. They want to be the first state to open back up. San Antonio has been hit as hard as some other places, so I could see it happening. We'll just see, you know, exactly um, how it goes. Uh, I think right now it looks like this coming Friday uh, will be the last day of like this full kind of isolation um, that we're experiencing here in, Tex- in Texas, at least. Well, I can't speak for the rest of Texas. I can speak for San Antonio. No, actually, I think the governor of Texas actually said that. It wasn't the mayor of San Antonio. Um, I'll let you know how, how that works. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. But, all right, getting into some football. Um, like I mentioned, I've been watching a lot of documentaries. Um, you know, if you're a football fan, especially if you're like a Premier League or, you know, any of the, the English football um, 
I think everybody at one time or another has heard the the term Hillsborough disaster. Now, um, I didn't really know too much about the Hillsborough disaster. I heard about it, never really looked it up, you know, because it had to do with people dying. And uh, I, I remember I had a, a coworker of mine, American guy. His dad was in the military, so he spent a lot of years of his life, like, um, growing up in the UK, and I think, I think it was Luton Town, the Luton Hatters was a team that he was supporting, I think Luton's in, like, League Two right now, um, but, uh, I remember, um, him talking about, you know, like, justice for the 96, and, and all this other stuff, but I didn't really know too much about what actually happened at Hillsboro, and I thought, you know, this is, years ago, I thought Hillsboro was, uh, the name of a club, um, you know, and then once I really started getting more and more into football, I learned that it wasn't, learned that it was the grounds for, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, I think it was Sheffield Wednesday, I'm not sure if it was Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday or Sheffield United, no, Sheffield Wednesday, and, but I still never really, you know, did any research about what had happened in Hillsboro, I believe it was back in 1989, and, once I did, I saw something, and it, you know, said that people were, you know, watching a football match. It was an FA Cup match. I think it was a semifinal uh, between Liverpool, and I'm not sure who the other team was. This is terrible, because I literally just watched the documentary last week, and uh, I thought that it, there was some type of, like, stadium malfunction where, you know, something collapsed and, and crushed some people and killed some people. Well, anyway... Um, ESPN right now, if you have ESPN Plus, you can go on and watch basically every episode of 30 for 30 that they've ever had, <clears throat> excuse me, and, you know, last week I had a lot of time, so I decided, hey, I'm going to watch this one about Hillsboro, and if you don't know too much about Hillsboro, um, it was a, it was a tragic, tragic day, um, it was a, uh, yeah, FA Cup semifinal, between Liverpool and Nottingham Forest, actually, is who it was. And they were playing on neutral ground, I guess, at uh, Hillsborough, which was the, the Sheffield Wednesday, um, you know, their stadium. And, you know, usually when you have games at a neutral site, they kind of break up the ticket distribution. It's like 40% for one team, 40% for the other team, and then the neutrals get the remaining 20%. Well... Um, it was just crazy the way that it happened. There, there was just like a lot of weird factors that happened. There was like the chief of police for this area. You know, he was a, not only was he a chief of police with a lot of experience, but he was also like a, you know, somebody that, that watched football, that knew a lot about football. And, you know, prior to this match, you know, he was going to be in charge that day of, you know, all the police in the area. And he ended up getting, like, relief of duty because a couple of officers pulled a prank on a new guy where they, a new officer, they took him down in, like, an alley and they pulled a gun on him and took some pictures of him and, you know, pulled his pants down, yada, yada. And uh, so that police chief or whatever the equivalency was, he ended up getting relief of duty. So this new guy comes in, doesn't know anything about football, uh, doesn't know the town very well um, long story short um, the stadium wasn't designed 
for for the mass like influx of people that were coming. Um, it, you know, it was a terrible thing. I mean, 94 people ended up dying that day, and they were so basically. It's hard to explain. They this was back in the late 80s where there was a lot of hooliganism. So they had these pens basically with standing room only, no seats, um, only in certain parts of the of the stadium where they would like basically corral people in so they could watch the game, but it was standing room only. And in this one instance, they just, you know, the police outside were so overwhelmed with people that they essentially just started letting people into this one area and, and it got really, really full. And the people that were up in front, you know, it was like a, like a little brick wall, I guess, or a little fenced wall. And the fence went up and the people that were in the front, they got crushed by the by all the other people that were coming in um, in this one little area there was basically no spillover area that that disaster is the reason why now in England um, at least in the Premier League I'm not sure how it is in the other you know in the championship and below even though I think at least down to like League 2 um, there are no standing areas in any of the, the, the stadiums it, ha it, it has to be a seated only stadium um, and it's, it's all because of that. I mean, these people literally got crushed by other humans. Um, and it, it was terrible. Like, watching the documentary, and even now, I was talking to my wife about it, like, I, I can't get that. Like, there was an image during the documentary. They didn't show the faces of the people, but you could see their bodies, like, how they were positioned up against this fence. And it was it was something that was tragic to see. I couldn't even, like, get the images out of my head for a few days. Um it was pretty bad, but uh, then there was like a cover-up with the, the police, and you know they were changing officer statements, and they tried to blame it on the Liverpool fans, saying that they were drunk, and you know it was it was pretty crazy. And I guess a few years before that, during like the UEFA Cup, um, Liverpool and some Juventus fans got into it, and some people died during that. But that happened in Brussels or a stadium in Belgium, um, so I'm not sure if. You know, that may have been why they were trying to pin that on the, the Liverpool fans. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, uh, obviously there's a lot more to it. I don't want to give too much away, but if you get the chance, um, I'm not 100% sure what the name of the, the documentary is, but it's one of the ESPN 30 for 30s. And if you just search, like, go on ESPN Plus and search Hillsboro, um, you'll you'll definitely be able to find it. I mean, and it's, it's a really, really... There are some disturbing images, images, but it's a really, really good documentary, and uh, I strongly recommend any any football fan, soccer fan, to uh, to definitely watch it. I mean, it was it was really good, um, and I would say that uh, as tragic as it was, it uh, the documentary at least ended well, you know, um, considering you know the level of the the disaster that that occurred. Um, and, you know, some of the families were able to, to finally get a little bit of closure following such a tragedy. Um, another one that I watched, and it seems like the three that I watched were all kind of bad. Um, you know, because it's, it, football is a beautiful game. So, you know, whenever there's anything that's outside of that, I guess it kind of has to be tragic. But uh, another one was about... Um, the 94 World Cup and how Ireland made it, you know, this is during the troubles between Northern Ireland, <clears throat> excuse me, and the Republic of Ireland, and Ireland 
you know, qualify for the World Cup. World Cup was in the U.S. Um, they were playing one of the opening day matches, and Ireland was playing against Italy. You know, obviously Italy in the 90s was, you know, a great team. Um, somehow they managed to go up 1-0 against Italy. They're playing in the Meadowlands, which is, you know, in American football, it's the Jets and Giants Stadium. Um, now it's called MetLife, but uh, it's actually in New Jersey, it's not in New York. But uh, at halftime, in Ireland, I guess right along the border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, um, some people walked into a bar. There was like 11 people in there watching this game, and they just opened fire and, you know, killed, I think, six of the 11 people that were there, wounded, you know, the others. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that it ended up being one of the reasons why the troubles in, in England ended up, uh, you know, coming to an end, um, even though it was, it was something so tragic. And, you know, then on the football side, the players didn't know about this until after the game. So, you know, spoiler alert, but uh, they end up beating Italy 1-0. to Players are riding this wave, and then they come to find out that, you know, that this happened, and uh, they, never, they didn't win another game um, in the tournament. So... Um, that's another one. Um, I honestly do not remember the name of it, uh, but like I said, it's on ESPN 30 for 30, and uh, it's quite good. Um, the other one that I watched, it was uh, another ESPN 30 for 30, but it was about, I believe it was Chile, um, and how they were trying to qualify for, I believe it was a 74 or 78 World Cup, I'm not sure, I'm sorry. Um, and how their home stadium, their national stadium, uh, in their country was being used as like a, like a political prisoner camp, um, after, you know, the, the president was dealing with a, a coup and he ended up killing himself and, you know, the Pinochet, the, the general that ended up taking over, he, uh, was using the stadium to like torture political prisoners, but you know the team was still doing World Cup qualifying. Then they made it to like the the intercontinental uh, playoff, and they were playing against the Soviet Union. So they go to the Soviet Union to play, but then the Soviets didn't want to come to to Chile because you know there's people being held captive in the stadium, and it was you know just this really crazy protracted thing that FIFA did in order to um, eventually have them qualify it was it was just you know pretty pretty crazy but i mean if you're looking for something to watch those are three really really good um espn 30 for 30 episodes and i don't think i don't think any of them are over you know like 90 minutes i mean they're they're really really quite good and another one you know it's, it's slightly unrelated <clears throat> excuse me but uh there's one called june 17th 1994 and i didn't realize this but uh that was like a huge day for sports in America, at least. Um, you had the opening of the U.S. World Cup on that day. Then um, the the New York Rangers had just won the Stanley Cup, so they were having their you know ticker tape parade in the Canyon of Heroes in New York. Then you had the New York Knicks, who were in the uh, NBA Finals playing against the Houston Rockets. I'm still you know I'm still bitter about that. Um, then you had, there was no American football going on. Oh, baseball was going on and Ken Griffey was like chasing some record with Babe Ruth. And then in addition to that, you had 
o- the whole O.J. Simpson thing where he's in the white Bronco and you know he's trying to run away from police after the whole murder of his of his ex-wife. Um, that's another really, 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 really good um, episode of ESPN 30 for 30. There's no everything that that occurs during it or all the talking is from uh, from newscasters. It's from people that uh, you know are announcing sports. There's no talking heads as they mentioned in it. They're, nobody's being interviewed. It's all news reports. It's all sports broadcasters. Or, you know, when Bill Clinton was welcoming the world to the World Cup. Um, so it was it was all really, really good. If you guys have time, I would, you know, suggest you guys check out those. Um, you know, the last one, not so much because it's not a not football related, but it's still, you know, still really, really good. So that's basically what I've been doing. I went from watching old matches to uh, watching ESPN 30 for 30. Um, you know, hoping that stuff will get back to normal, which, you know, we're still waiting. It hasn't happened yet. So, uh, you know, hopefully something will uh, something will change soon. I think this is the week when everything is going to start to, you know, kind of sort of at least go back to... Uh, no, I don't want to say go back to the way that it was, but it's going to start to change from the way that it currently is right now. I think more and more people are going to start getting out. Stores are going to open and, uh, you know, we'll try to get back to a little bit of normalcy. So, um, that's it. I'm going to take a little break and uh, I'll be back in a minute. So, like I mentioned, um, I've been playing a lot of FIFA as well. Um, I'm not very good at FIFA. I'm okay. I've been playing it for a long time, but uh, I'm not not particularly good when I play against like random people online. When I say random people, I'm talking about like kids. Um, I tend to get destroyed. You know, these uh, these kids they tend to <laughs> they tend to beat up on me pretty badly. Um, I'm not that good. I can't really do any of the skill moves. Um, I just, I know the fundamentals of football. Um, you know, I know a move or two that I can do, but generally when I try to, uh, when I try to do it, it, it typically fails terribly. But I mentioned last week that, uh, you know, I was undefeated in 2020. I am no longer undefeated. So, um, played against Joao from the uh, Soccer Stupid podcast, um, and now I'll put a little caveat in there. He was talking on the podcast, on his podcast, about why nobody ever uses their club team. Now he's a Liverpool supporter, so I can understand why he's using his. Um, so I decided, oh, I'm gonna play with my club team. So I played a game that this sounds terrible to begin with. He played as Liverpool. I played as Stuttgart. And final score, 4-0. Um, I had a couple opportunities to score, but then I ended up giving up two penalties, which I don't know how that happened. Um, and then he just he just destroyed me. I mean, he literally just destroyed me. So um, I was pretty upset <laughs> about that. I was talking with my, my wife, like, I think while I was playing against him. And, yeah, he, he destroyed me. We played again last night. 
Yeah, it was a little bit, a little more fair. Uh, he played as Liverpool. I played as Bayern. I think I won that one two to one, and then I played as France. He played as Brazil, and I want to say that was like four to one. But um, in all fairness, I do think that the current Brazil team is better than the current French team. I mean, I understand France is the they're defending World Cup champs and everything. I just think that Brazil has. I don't know. I, I just see them as, as better. Um, I really don't have any basis for that. And obviously, you know, France is, the, they are the defending champions. But, um, and on FIFA, like, France is ridiculous. Like, you, <laughs> I don't think anybody can beat them. I think they're like a 91 overall or whatever, but, uh, or 91 in attacking. But it just seems like they can do no wrong. Yeah. Uh, he scored a goal against me, but there was just some goals I was like how did I even score that or the ball doesn't curve like that you know um but yeah so I just want to let everybody know you know total transparency I am no longer defeated undefeated excuse me in 2020 I have been I was beaten I actually got destroyed in that game it was it was embarrassing and then I almost broke my controller I was so mad I had so many opportunities to score and uh, wasn't able to do it. Um, I'm sure me and him will end up playing some more games between now and uh, I think he records his show on Fridays, so I'm pretty sure that you know um, there'll be you know some some more action for me to talk about next week, considering that there's no real football going on. But uh, and also, you know, I, I do play FIFA a lot, and I typically play career mode because. I don't like foot because, you know, FIFA Ultimate Team because it's like a pay-for-play type thing and I can't stand that. Um, I think right now the current, I'm playing with like Sunderland. I started with them like when I started watching the documentary while I was still back in Germany. And I think now uh, I got them back to the Premier League. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I was able to make some crazy moves. Like my team is ridiculous now. Like, I have, like, Mbappe on my team. I got Leon Goretzka. I got this 91-rated Brazilian kid that came up to my youth academy. Um, I got Calvin Phillips from Leeds. Uh, I got Timothy Weah. Um, he's at, like, a 83 or something like that. Um, yeah, my, my team is, is pretty... Uh, I have Vanderbeek on there. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. So now I'm trying to win the Champions League, Premier League trying to actually win all the cups that I possibly can in one season with them um we'll see so still in the Carabao Cup this season FA Cup just started and we are in the Champions League so um which is something crazy to think Sunderland in the Champions League um in I think the season I'm in is like 2023 or 2024 uh, yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy but that's what I'm doing now that and work um, is basically it. You know, I talk to my wife for hours a day. Um, I leave the house to go get something to eat. So, um, but like I mentioned last week, if anybody wants to play me, I put the uh, I put my PlayStation Network username in the the show notes. I'll do that again this week. Uh, if anybody wants to play against me, you know, by all means, I just. You know, I just ask that either you send me a message on Instagram or Twitter. Let me know that you sent it. Um, 
you know, because for whatever reason, it seems like I don't always, the notifications always pop up on my PlayStation, even if I'm like watching Netflix or something, I don't get like a friend request or whatever, I don't know why it does that, I might need to look into that, but um, yeah, because I would love to, to play as many people as I possibly can to, to pass the time. Um, I actually like beat like one of the, the old remastered Call of Duties like the other day in one day because I was so bored. Um, so yeah. I really don't have anything else to talk about. Um, I hope everybody else is doing well. Um, I hope you guys are finding ways to, uh, you know, bide your time while we wait for this this whole thing to end. Um, hopefully, you guys are wearing your masks. Hopefully, you guys aren't in any of those protests that are going on right now. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot going on right now. But with that, I'm going to uh, I'm going to end the show. Um, you know, contact me, Instagram, Twitter, email. I actually shut down the podcast uh, Facebook page while I, you know, work out some things. Um, I haven't mentioned it on the podcast probably in, you know, four or five months um, because I'm trying to retool some stuff. Um, plus, I'm not really on Facebook that much. So, um, but yeah, feel free to contact me. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, and to all the, the listeners in, in France, I was finally able to figure out what part of France you guys are from. Um, and I don't know what it is, why you guys are listening to me. I don't know what it is about my voice or the information that I'm putting out, but I, I appreciate it just like everybody else, all the people here in the U.S., the people back in Germany, you know, and all the other countries that uh, the people are listening to me from. Um, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. love to know what it is that, that you like about, you know, what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And uh, now I have even more time to answer messages and texts and DMs. So um, until next week, until next Monday, uh, talk to you guys. Have a great week. Be safe. Check out those documentaries I mentioned. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.